From The Champion's New Clothes by Barry Graham It was the sort of pub Alan liked, furnished with wall-to-wall 45-year-old gin and tonic drinkers. A notice on the wall behind the bar read, Please do not ask for credit, as a punch in the mouth often causes offense. This is Gothic. Season 4 of the Gothic Podcast may contain sensitive material not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The Fet was a low-slung, swamp-colored cave of a place, built in somebody's basement with the entry stairs installed before building codes existed. Her tables were low and mismatched, squirreled away like she stole them from other cafes and had to pocket them in alcoves with fake windows on the smoke-stained walls. Her bar curved organically, in and then out like a spine, and the staff spoke in murmurs and slouches. The interior temperature was always a little too warm, and the humidity was always a little too high. So on her best days, the place felt like being in an embrace that's lasted a little too long, and you start to wish the embracer weren't breathing directly into your face. It's cool if you don't let it phase you. A good spot for people watching. Not somewhere I ever expected to talk conspiracy with Andy I.S., but life's a surprise. Now, I've been listening to Andy's poetry in the studio, on and off for a little under a year now, and while he might not be the most reliable human being in the focus department, he actually has a good ear for vowel rhymes and meter when he hears them. So when he mentioned writing a tribute to the Reign of Bodies, I thought I'd listen and give him some encouragement. And then trade him and see what he thought of my work, and maybe try and get over my creative block on the third verse, just on the side while me and Baz found out what Andy knew about red-eyed bikers. Instead, his eyes stared, and his voice sank into a monotone, and this was frankly the closest he's come to a cohesive rhyme scheme in the entire time that I'd known him, and I fully admit, Andy I.S. surprised me. Best art is art that provokes a reaction in your audience, I thought. And I couldn't explain it to myself, but I was reacting. Not because I believed in Judgment Day, except as a metaphor people use to hope for an end to uncertainty and validation of their own sense of unfairness. But Andy wasn't the type to use that kind of language seriously. And that meant he was really worried about something. Something that he thought was coming. I don't believe in Judgment Day, or fate, or anything like that. But I do believe that powerful people would pursue more power, even at the cost of human life. For they would seize the power here that had come to them this day. The reign of bodies didn't just happen. Someone, somewhere, was benefiting from it. And to be honest, I don't really believe in good people and evil people either. There are selfish people. And there are selfless people. And there are people, and that's most of us, 
who commit both selfish and selfless acts multiple times a day. But the idea that someone out there could have either orchestrated the reign of bodies, caused it to happen, or seen it happening and taken an opportunity to use it to their own advantage, that bothered me. It really did. A little bit of selfishness is one thing. Using that free will you have to go around causing pain and harm to other people because you think it'll give you some kind of leg up in a society, well, it doesn't work, does it? That's the kind of thing that gets you kicked out. If someone was out there causing these sorts of events, the city deserved to know about it. Hey there, Sojourners, and welcome back to the Gothic Podcast. This season, we're playing City of Mist by Son of Oak. How's everybody been? Given our new recording schedule, it's been a little while since we have gathered together. Yeah, I kind of missed it, actually. Yeah, it was weird last week. Not last week, the week before last week. Wow. I have an open Wednesday night. When does that happen? What am I going to do on a Wednesday when I'm not (laughs) recording? (laughs) Lay around and watch TV like a normal person? I worked it out today. Oh, yeah, I get um, every fourth Wednesday I have free. (laughs) Well, let's just jump right on into it. Oh, shit. That's what we're jumping right into. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Time to explore the city's sewer system. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm having panic attacks already. <laughs> when last we left our rifts, two of them, Cadence and Baz, were in the Boba Fett Tea House Cantina and possible opium den with Andy Iaz, a, well, poet, sort of. He wants to be. And he had been telling them about the writers that had been following him, or writer, with its distinctive pin. Meanwhile, Echo, who had stayed back to talk to their boss, Cal Weathers, and to try to find out more about the body that had been found in front of the metal shop, recording studio, and record shop, found out Something even more horrifying when that quite dead body, well, its eyes turned red and it seemed to look at them. And so this is where we pick up now. In the Boba Fett Tea Cantina, Andy Ayaz, who had just read some really bad poetry, suddenly changed a bit. And you got that same overlap that you had gotten once before, seeing a a, a forest, uh, seeing a couple of paths or trails going through the forest. It's it's all very hallucinogenic, and um, it's just sort of a a very faint overlay that you get of Andy. And he gives this poem. Baz is looking at his tea, going, "What do they put in here?" <laughs> And the mist fogged across the city, and the bodies rained from the sky, and those who knew what there was to know, they would not stand by, for they would seize the power here that had come to them this day, and all the world would quake with fear upon this coming 
Judgment Day. And despite rhyming day with day, it actually seemed to be a considerably <laughs> much better poem than what he has ever brought into the metal shop to record. But before you could really um, dig into that, the MC here at the Boba Fett Tea House comes out and says, Now that it's nighttime, you're all waiting for what I know you're waiting for, and here she is, Raffle! And a cabaret dancer comes out onto the stage, the very small stage of the tea house, and begins to twirl around with feathers and the high headdress and everything. And she's keeping herself concealed for the, for the most part, but then suddenly she opens her arms and reveals the face of Shirley. <laughs> Shirley not. Spelled K-N-O-T. <laughs> and the uh, sometimes cashier at the record shop side of the metal shop. Guess it's not paying enough. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, if you're only going to employ someone two days a week, you gotta know they're doing other gigs. Yeah. Cadence. Baz. Yeah. What do you do? Baz looks astonished. <laughs> Yeah, I think Cadence was also kind of speechless in that moment because uh, Andy just said this, like, <laughs> really alarming thing and then Shirley came on stage. <laughs> you two just sit there, stunned for it, a It's moment. super exciting, dear listeners. It's really, we just stare. It's great. Great listening. Could you describe the staring? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I think I think Baz would definitely wait until the number was over before you know, doing anything too involved, probably okay. elbow Cadence and say, it, 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 it's Shirley. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, Shirley it is. I, Andy, I'm going to lean across the table and be like, Andy, that was some, that was some, that was some real shit, man. Uh, hey, hey, yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, oh, oh, wait, I should keep it down because she's performing. Uh, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, uh, so that was from chapter one. Um, and I called it, uh, I called it the bad fish I ate at lunch. And then I've got one from chapter two. So hold on, hold on, man, though. Let me, let me talk to you about chapter one real quick, though. Like that was some crazy, like about seizing power and, and not standing by and stuff like that. Like what brought that to you, man? What, what, what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, just the, the line about, about, about the, uh. Those who knew what there was to know, like, man. I'm more interested in Judgment Day. He's flipping through his book, and he's like, uh, um, uh, what, um, Judgment, no, um, it was, um, I felt real sick. I didn't know how to quit, but I wanted more fish that day. A uh, worm? <laughs> I don't, I mean, I guess maybe... Maybe it was uh, kind of my, you know, uh, judgment day, uh, I guess. But I, that, uh, what are you talking about? Look, Andy, Man, that's, that's, that's not what you said. That just real. uh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, you said, uh, something about, uh, people who know what there was to know, seizing power, not standing by, and then, uh, coming judgment day, and the world quaking with fear. Um, I, I, I think you should have a... Maybe a different, uh, I don't know, different kind of tea? <laughs> Man, you've been hanging out with the End is Nigh guy too much. 
Is that what's going on here, Andy? Uh, I, uh, you know, I mean, I, I go down to the, the, the boardwalk and I like to walk around down there. Is that what you mean? Uh, that guy down there that I was telling you about earlier? Yeah, you were telling uh, us about him earlier. Well, listen, maybe that. there was a, was there like a different verse that you accidentally, you know, when a, a song has like multiple verses and you sometimes like skip to the fourth one by accident, even though you didn't mean to, was there maybe a later verse that was about, about a judgment day or a um, seizing of power or a, something like that? So why don't you, Cadence, give mm-hmm. me an investigate? Okay. First roll of the night. First roll of the night. It's me. It's gonna be bad because it always is. I want to use charming. And here is my investigate roll. Uh, the result was a seven. You get to ask a question about the subject of your investigation. And I must give you an either a straight answer or a solid lead. And then I can also choose uh, one of these other options down here. So okay. go ahead. What is it you're wanting to find out? Hmm, what's the best way to word this? Maybe <clears throat> something along the lines of, can I feel around the edges of the event or the conspiracy that Andy's referencing in the verse that he doesn't remember? All right, I'm sorry. What are you trying to get from it? I want to dig up whatever Andy knows about... What does Andy know about a conspiracy or an event that he is referencing mm. in that verse that he doesn't remember saying? I. I want to know one thing about you, Cadence, okay. before I give this answer. Um, what is a moment in Cadence's life where she felt it was just a pivotal moment where if she had made a different choice, life would have gone a different way? Um, uh, I would say deciding to pursue music as a career, music not being that steady of a <laughs> income historically, um, but specifically. Deciding to throw all her eggs in one basket with both the formation of the band and the foundation of the metal shop. Okay. What do you think would have happened had you not done that? Well, I think probably like many people, music would have remained a hobby in which I was probably sincerely invested, but um, it wouldn't have led me to meet as many people. I think that's one of the things that Cadence really enjoys about the life that she has is kind of having these connections with people. And, um, you know, she probably would have had friends and stuff like that. But, you know, being stuck in a, some kind of office job or whatever was felt safe at the time, being a receptionist or a call center person or something like that would have sucked up enough of her time that, you know, she feels like she's le- leading a life that she that's unpredictable but ultimately more fulfilling than something which would have been safe but not risky safe but not risky <laughs> something which would have been safe but <laughs> but not risky at all <laughs> something that would have been safe but not have as not have had as interesting of payouts not as rewarding yeah 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 so cadence you're asking you and baz are asking questions of andy and he's He's like very confused, but it's a, you see a recognition in the confusion that it's not the first time that he's been confused in this way. So it's more like he's remembering the times where somebody said something like this to him before, hey, that was, Mm -hmm. that poem was great. um, And then mentioned some things about it. And then he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. And 
and he gets kind of wistful, and he says, Yeah, yeah, you know, um, I, I might have been able, I think maybe what you're, I might have been able to, uh, to write that poem, I, I think. I, I wish I had of. I, uh, I wish I could have. Um, but it's, it's like you, uh, Cadence, like when, um, um, you made it, the decision, and you, you, you chose to, uh, get into the, uh, you know, the, the, the music stuff, right? And, uh, and as he's saying it, Cadence, you're not in the Boba Fett cantina anymore. You are quite solidly, and have been quite most of your life, it seems, in this room, the other operators yelling and talking, different plugs going into the different slots on the wall of, of slots for the headphones, as you and the other operators of the telephone system of the city make sure that everybody's calls go through to where they're supposed to go through. And you know that you'll have some laughs here for the, during the day with your fellow operators. Maybe you'll go have a drink with them afterwards, and then you'll go back to your apartment, and you will sit on your bed, and you will stare out into the night through your window at the neon lights just buzzing and flashing across the way, the distant sound of a band playing in some bar down below you, making you think of things that could have been but that you know never would have worked out, would never have resulted in anything but you being in a, an alley somewhere, rain splattering on your head as you tried to eke out a few more bucks for food that night. And this is very real. It's very much your life for these moments that you are living it. And then you're back in the Boba Fett tea house and your life is yours again. And Andy is saying, hey, and, uh, uh, yeah, and so, um, you know, I, 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 I try to write the right words, and I, I just don't, I, I don't think I, I do it, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's that. I'm, I'm not saying anything. I just grip the table really hard, and I start, I think, touching the, the, um, whatever cup they've served my boba tea in, and just, like, feeling it, Squeaking the straw, touching the table, touching my coat, and just kind of gripping things. Go ahead and face danger. Face danger. To not take a mechanical effect here of shaken three. Hmm. Could I put anything on face danger? Face danger is about, like, keeping your backbone up and, like, being gutsy, right? So mechanically, it's basically to avoid... uh having a status or tag placed on you. Okay. Uh, Sometimes it's automatic and you can't face danger to do it, but uh, you are, you're mentally stout, so. Hmm. <laughs> mentally stout? Like a trout stout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have any tags that would be appropriate for face danger, so I will just roll it bare. Oh, it's an eight. I take the status, but with a minus one tier, it says. So you are shaken two. That will apply as a negative until you're going until you're able to throw it Shaken off. Shaken two, okay. Um, that'll be a negative two. Yeah, this is going to be a negative on your rolls where it applies. Okay, there might be things that you do that shaken 
you know, being shaken doesn't apply to. But okay, actually, shaken, shaken two, two's pretty, pretty big. Um, shaken may go beyond shaken. It may be mentally devastated too. Shaken two. Cadence shaken and stirred. Shaken and stirred too. <laughs> shaken and stirred too. All right. Meanwhile, not too many blocks away, Echo looks down at the body of Kelly O'Brien, who just this morning, though Echo doesn't know this, was delivering a large quantity of heavy goods to the metal shop, engineered by Cadence, in order to get some information about Ivy Corp, the city's delivery company. But you're looking at the body, Echo, and the eyes turn red, and the face sort of sucks in on itself like it's been like there's a vacuum going and it's just sucking this the plastic bag of of O'Brien's face to his skeletal structure. What do you do? I couldn't believe it. I was looking to the eyes of everything that has gone wrong in the past bit. Kelly. I didn't know him, but all of a sudden those eyes flipped and I didn't know what to do. Instinctively I went for any weapon I had. Unfortunately, it was my short sword, and I didn't think it was going to do much at this point with this crowd. So I nudged one of the constables close to me and said, like, do you see that? Uh, basically, I'm trying to find a police officer and, like, nudge him and try and point out, yo, eyes, bad, not good. Do you still have a disturbed one from uh, I do. Before? Okay. Is it, would it be a convince role to try and see if they can... No, because it becomes it becomes quite apparent that uh, what you're saying is accurate because the body stands up and it's standing there nearly mummified already. It looks like the wounds in its uh, in in Kelly's chest in his chest uh, are still gaping there, but they're not bleeding. It's like dry and and dusty almost and he looks around and hisses and the cops are like what's going on what's happening holy beep and i'd like to believe that uh uh the cops legitimately in real life bleep themselves <laughs> rather than actually cuss <laughs> <laughs> like if it was a comic it would have the black censored yeah, bar yeah, yeah, across yeah. that section Absolutely. or they would say like at symbol oh star exclamation point question mark yes and, and then kelly o'brien picks up one of those cops and lifts him over his head and throws him all the way across the street and into the side of a building about 12 feet up and suddenly, cops are pulling guns, uh, billy clubs, whatever they can get their hands on fastest. And what do you do, Echo? Oh, this is not going to be good. So I take a moment. I see what's happening. And Echo's going to, like, flip back the trench coat to, like, slightly expose the short sword. And, like, expose it really quick and attempt to just decapitate that. Decapitate Kelly. Oh, oh, Kelly, I'm sorry, dude. I don't know if that's a hit with all I've got or a face danger, because I still have the distressed. It'd probably, it's probably between go toe to toe and hit with all you've got. Oh, yeah. Hit with all you've got is supposed to be when you're kind of in a position of advantage, you know, and you can get a good blow in 
without them being able to return it. Okay, then maybe it would be more of a go toe to toe. Yeah, go to go toe to toe is you are trying uh, to overcome someone or something in a struggle for control. You need to state what your goal is, and then and then you'll roll plus power. Decapitation. No, yeah, decapitation is where I'm at. You're trying to take their head from them. <laughs> uh, yeah, just just because I've had enough. I I didn't. I didn't appreciate seeing my sister that way. I think nobody should go down that path. And um, something flips, and I just need to ensure that this doesn't continue and go for the decapitation. It's only a short sword, though! I don't know. You kind of have a clear shot. Um, I mean, it's doing stuff. There's people around it. They're going to be trying to shoot it or whatever. But it, I mean, because you're attacking, attacking, you're not really trying to take anything from it. Just trying to end the madness. All right, so go ahead. What, uh, what are you going to be using here? We'll call it hit with all you've got for the moment. Well, since I pulled one of my old short swords, I guess I could include medieval weapons from yep. my collector. Sure. Um, I don't really feel. I mean, it's short range, so I'm going to be there anyway. Should I add that negative? What negative? Short range is my weakness tag. Well, no, the weakness there is that it, you have to be within short range to use them, right? Okay. Well, do I click that since that is the no, case? No, because it's not you. You are within short range, so it's not a weakness. Excellent. I love that. I only get the plus then. And then, but the disturbed one is still going to affect oh, you. Yes, it is. Nope. That's the wrong one. Click it. While I click a thousand buttons, why is it not adding the disturbed? I mean, you could do a threatening monologue. Am I ready for a threatening monologue? Maybe not. <laughs> um, Not at this point, because it, I'm still disturbed. So I'll just do the roll. That's a fail. So, Echo, you, you draw your short sword and... This is like one of our first fight fights, right? So it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> and you hear, oh, they've got a knife. And <laughs> they turn their attention on me. Oh, no. And then a, uh, a cop is tackling you. Oh, great. And you go down as two cops uh, pile onto you. Um, you feel the handcuffs uh, going on as the, as the sword slides away. Yet, whatever is left of what Kelly O'Brien was is still going on its rampage back at the Boba Fett Tea House. So Baz will have been observing uh, nervously Cadence, you know, making an attempt to get through to Andy and and appearing severely shaken by it. And he's going to want to try something. Hmm. If if I have the spotlight and can uh, trigger a flashback, mm. I would like to do that. Ooh, uh, a mechanical city of mist thing. Ooh. Yes, <laughs> you can trigger a flashback. Okay, do you want so... the background music? <laughs> <laughs> well, in the flashback, there isn't the background music. <laughs> That's in the now. Says whomst. As Shirley is gyrating up on the stage. <laughs> It fades into a different time when you were listening to that music. <laughs> the music fades out and the feathers go into slow motion. <laughs> there you go. I like it. And there's harp sounds. 
<laughs> After Fender Jax had had his uh, difficulty remembering and and had visibly forgotten things he knew before while they were doing their questioning bit back uh, back in the first episode, I think that Baz, during one of his late night, what the heck is going on? How does that connect to the grand conspiracy that I must bring down? Uh, would have been leafing through the uh, his the coded journal and trying to anything about you know memories and and bringing bringing events back to people and trying to to find some way to to use this occult book and, and knowledge that he'd accumulated as you know any kind of an influence on someone to to bring back memories. Okay, I don't know if that's maybe a change the game uh, role to try and. Give myself a little uh, a story tag or or some juice or something in this case for what I'm doing in the now. I think yes, because you're going to try to give Andy a tag. I think something like um, clearing the mist. You know, however many you end up being able to to do here. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I think the relevant tags would be my coded journal. Definitely makes sense. Occult knowledge. Sure. And potentially because of the way the flashback is set up, research skills. No, yeah, no, that's uh, that works for me. This is gonna be this is gonna be a tier three uh, status. Yeah, if I can make it work, I I don't really see a way to make a weakness tag apply to the flashback itself. Maybe to the like role to do something with Andy, but yeah, I don't I don't think so. Okay. Oh man, no. <laughs> I gotta I missed. Oh no! I rolled a three plus three six. Oh, wow. oh man! Hmm, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, all that. Okay, well, he 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 probably thinks he succeeded in something, so he's got. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Go, go ahead, uh, MC. Well, give me some consequences. So, what is it you? How do you envision doing this? Right. So, I think that he would be, you know, flipping back and forth in the in the book and bringing other books that he's collected out, and just trying to correlate anything that that seems to reference memories uh, or or losing them, and you know, maybe maybe spotting the word "missed" <laughs> repeatedly uh, in in a couple things and and sort of pondering that. Although, I guess missing the point, given how that worked out. So, describe an action carried out by your character in the past and make a move for that action. You did. The outcome of the move affects the current scene. All right. So, you you did. You found what you were looking for. There are numerous references in that book that you took from the cult that you escaped. And they talk about the mist. They don't always use that terminology. They talk about the veil laid over our eyes, the the call that must be ripped aside in order to see the true world and our place in it, things like that. And it says not all people have the ability to rip aside that veil, but you can do it. If they see Something they can't explain is the primary way that the the book talks about it. If they see something that shocks them on a visceral and elemental level, then that is something that is likely to bring out the ability to see beyond the illusion of the world, as it says. So, you need to do that, something, 
to shock Andy, to bring him out of his shell. What is that going to be? So, I don't suppose there are candles on the table here. Oh, there absolutely are. Okay. In those red cups. <laughs> right. Okay. And, and Echo is not here with their flask of holy water, which Baz presumes to be high-test liquor. <laughs> <laughs> do, do they serve? They serve liquor here, right? At a tea now bar? <laughs> yes. So, he's, he's going to... Tea after ten. They they will let you chase the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and this is kind of funny, because this just came up in a Facebook post I saw from a friend of mine today. In a country that they were in, the place they were in didn't have a liquor license. So it mm -hmm. served uh, the uh, beer in um, tea kettles <laughs> at your table. And so that's how they do it here at the Boba Fett Tea House. Oh, my God. In incredible. Uh, you order off of the menu, uh, which is coded, <laughs> and <laughs> then they bring out your tea kettle, little personal table tea kettles filled with your <clears throat> tea of choice. Incredible. That's so funny. <laughs> Got it. So can we assume that we've already ordered uh, a tea kettle of strong drink, or should I just take the time to wave the, the server down? And, and request such. You wish to add a story tag, a uh, high-octane liquor, to the scene. So I do. that's a change the game. I don't, think any, I don't think there are any power tags that would really apply here. Oh, you don't have sake plus plus? <laughs> Sadly, I do not. <laughs> Though now I want some of that. What do you think, MC? Just straight, straight roll? Um, I'm looking to see if there's anything... No, I'm not really. Yeah, I'm not really seeing anything. So it looks like a straight roll. <laughs> Man, <laughs> it just gets better and better. There is not a lot of success going on. That is a four. Okay, so then he's just gonna look around for a minute. He's gonna look at Cadence and and kind of try and pat her on the shoulder a little bit and say, "Uh, l let me try." And he's going to going to try to use his occult knowledge uh, that he's collected and some of that verbiage. You know, say, "Uh." Andy, and he's going to reach out and he's going to grab his hands and he's going to squeeze <laughs> a little bit, maybe just a little bit too tight. And he's going to loom over him, kind of try and combine frightening him with talking about this stuff that might uh, might have an impact, might shake him loose from the grip of uh, of this mental malaise and and basically just try and try and shake him out of it. OK, would that be a convince maybe? No, because what I was saying was that it takes that, that moment of astonishment, of shock. And there is indeed a moment of astonishment and shock on him as you break both of his hands. Whoa! And he goes, oh! He just starts screaming in the tea room. He's like, oh! And he holds up his hands, and they're just mangled from the drink that you didn't realize you didn't want that much. You just wanted to do a little bit, but you rolled so badly. And <laughs> <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> repeatedly. And yeah, and everything stops in the tea house. Like right. Shirley Shirley on the stage just stops and and she's got one one of those long feathered you know wing kind of things that she'd been um throwing around held up. And she sees you three there at your table, 
and her eyes go wide and she just runs off the stage, but everybody else is just staring at your table, at you, Baz, staring at you and at, at Andy, who is, is holding up his hands and going, oh, I broke my, my hands. Okay. Okay. Baz's first reaction to everyone staring at him would be to freeze. And then his protective instinct would kick in and he, he would kind of, it, we, we, we had an accident. Uh, he's hurt. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Andy to, to get, get some help, clear the way. And he's going to try and bring Andy along to take him to the hospital. I'll help specifically with like, you know, providing veracity to the story that we had, that we had an accident. And yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're, we got to get this guy out of here and, and to the nearest urgent care as soon as possible. Do you want to kick in any of your powers to uh, do that? So I'd like to use Protect the Vulnerable. Uh, I don't know if I get to do that, given that I'm the one who inflicted the harm in this case. <laughs> uh, I think immense strength uh, probably would help me in, you know, getting Andy actually out of here. And I have there in a flash, which is meant to... Immense strength me is indeed what got you into this problem. <laughs> it is. <laughs> And I have there in a flash, which is meant to you know, get me from one place to another quickly. So I'm kind of thinking of that as, you know, just slipping through the crowd and the tables and getting to the door as fast as possible. Do you have any helps on uh, Baz, Cadence? I sure do. I have three helps, but I think you can only use one at a time. Is that right? Or do sure. you, can you use multiple? Just like Juice. You can use them to create a story tag, burn a power tag or a story tag, give or reduce a status. One tier per point of juice. Yeah, so it sounds like you can use as many as you're inclined to. Uh, those yeah. were three power tags, if BMC will let me use them all. Well, do you just want uh, one one help then, since you're already using three power tags? Baz would love the help. All right, so Oops. you are trying to... Oh, you're taking a risk, obviously. Duh. Yeah, yep. You're taking, you're <laughs> taking the risk. I Six mean, technically, cards. every every move should be called yeah, that. Yeah, it should all be taking risks. <laughs> How do we play this game? You just take a risk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, with, with four power on that, that's an 11. Four you do power. it, comma, somehow. I love that. All right. You throw Andy over your shoulder and just push out through the crowd. Uh, a couple of people try to stop you, but you just... You just lumber on by them. Andy is like still just yelling and he's just saying something along the lines of, It's also, I, it's a, though, I, it's also clear now. Why? I, I'm, I'm so sorry, Andy. I'm going to get you help. How did you see yourself hel helping Cadence uh, with that help point? Uh, I saw myself as uh, kind of, um, is running interference the right word? I'm I'm trying to keep the crowd from interfering with Baz by being my showman self and just you know yeah uh, he's he's we think he's got broken hands but we need to get him to the hospital immediately. Baz is real capable of carrying him. He's real strong. Yeah, we'll get him out of here immediately. We'll get him right down. There's a there's a, a clinic nearby. I think right. Point at somebody you know right. Oh uh, yeah yeah. There's the um oh there's the. What section of town are we in again? Um, uh, there's the Ocean Ocean Heights Clinic, uh, just right down the, um, they're open 24 hours. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, we'll take him there. Thank you so much, sir. You're very helpful. Mechanics-wise, you had to use Juice to do that. You don't just give him a plus one. You had to give him a status or... Tag. 
Uh, could I say, um, un- unhampered, uninhibited. Uninhibited path one. Uninhibited path one. <laughs> not as many people to trip over one. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not smooshed on the floor three. <laughs> <laughs> so the three of you get out into the street. You get out there just in time to see Shirley not. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> Being ushered into a limo by a very large, uh, bulky fellow that has all the hallmarks of bodyguard slash driver. What do you do? Uh, go the opposite direction. Uh, it's it's uh, this way, guys. I think Baz would would probably not even notice that he's he's taken off. Baz, uh, he this trip terrible. <laughs> he's taken off. Wait, with Andy or just by yeah, himself? with Andy. No, okay, he's, okay, he's, okay. he's taking Andy to the to the clinic. He's probably, like, switched him to the baby carry, you know, like in front. <laughs> the, the damsel <laughs> in distress carry. Him. He's going to try to jog him there rather than going to your car. That, that, that is 100% the channel he's on. He's just, <laughs> let's get there. Well, in that case, I'll just helplessly follow after Pass and try to look normal. <laughs> the one thing you did notice, though, Cadence, as you saw... Shirley being ushered into this uh, limo, and uh, as you tried to get Baz going in the other direction, but he already was, is the license plate of the limo mm-hmm. is IV-1. <gasps> Noted. I forget. Is this one of those things that I can, I can't, I can't make you, right? Um, make a hard choice. Make a hard choice. Because you are choosing here, I'll, I'll propose it to you, and then I'll, I'll set up the you know the circumstances. It doesn't have to be a hard choice for you. Okay, okay. But I am, uh, but here you have the the mystery that you've been pursuing. Ah, oh, that's true. <laughs> is there, oh. and over here is getting Andy to the hospital to get his hands fixed up. Yeah, but Andy also, well, the thing is that I thought Andy had more, you know, I, like, I want to find out what Andy knows. How, how, I don't remember, how close is my car? Your car is always close. <laughs> That's my secret. It's always <laughs> close. Yeah, I don't think it, it would be too far. I mean, if we, if we walked here from the metal shop, it would be pretty close. Yeah, that's true. And if we couldn't walk because it was too far, we would have taken your car. Well, in that case, you know, Baz is with Andy, and if Andy feels like feels like talking, Baz will be there. Because Baz is so good at that. Baz is so good at that. Baz can break his foot too, you know, just just for good measure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not ready to talk. <laughs> <laughs> How does this work when it's a crew theme that is essentially the mystery that is being, you know, denied or followed? I think not following up on it would probably be a crack. Be a yeah, crack probably, the, right? Yeah. yeah. I think if Baz doesn't do everything he can to kind of rectify the situation, he would probably have to mark Fade on his Bastion theme book, because it's all about yeah, yeah, yeah. being protective and Protecting. carrying people. So yeah, you are not giving that over. And then Cadence. You know, yeah, I, I think actually, I know where Baz is going. Oh, golly. No, I'm going to I'm going to go for the car. Okay. And uh if I can get and me. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that's true. I would see Echo embroiled in... Right. So, well, your car is oh my going gosh. to be over there. So this may actually bring us back to... Back um, together Echo. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Which would be nice because well, Echo has not been connected with everybody for quite a while now. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, either way, I'm going to go for the car. If I can tail the limo, then I'm thinking I'll do that. If I can't find him, I'll go pick up Baz on the way to the clinic. And if I happen to see a certain somebody fighting a desiccated one and a bunch of cops, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll stop there. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, your car is parked up by the uh, metal shop. I mean, you've done all of your cafeing this evening um, on foot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, first to Copper Pot Joe's, and then to the um, metal shop. Metal shop, and then to the Boba Fett Tea House. So, of course, your path takes you back up by the scene of the earlier crime, and it has gone crazy up there. Cops are shooting at something, and you see that that something is. Oh, it looks very much like Kelly O'Brien, but a desiccated one. And then there's two cops wrestling somebody who looks like Echo. And you see a short sword lying in the street not far away from that. Uh, Cal Weathers, the boss, is there at his... He's there at his Honda Civic, uh, just looking around going, what's going on? And there is just chaos up here. Cadence? Because I rolled like... How how far away is desiccated Kelly? Desiccated Kelly and the cops. Uh, <laughs> from uh, <laughs> bad name. <laughs> how uh, <laughs> how far away is Kelly from the uh, dog pile with Echo underneath? It's only about maybe um, ten feet or so. It's not very far because so what you've got here is it was almost like a circle of of cops and and onlookers. Mm -hmm around the body, well, almost in a semicircle, but then that kind of spread out as the thing started moving. And so now in kind of in the middle of the street is the this big action. He as has a see, name. It's Kelly. <laughs> as you see this thing, <laughs> Kelly this the thing. one, flip over a car, not yours. Oh, thank God. A couple of cops go, you know, they're behind this car and they, they like, uh, don't get crushed by it, but they definitely get knocked down. And then there's the gun blast going off everywhere, boom, boom, boom. And there's just regular people that have come in and were looking, you know, gawking. And then they're screaming and running around, too. It's like the whole city's gone crazy, at least all the places you've been this evening. Yeah. <laughs> Not far away, down toward the, uh, in a slightly darker, quieter part of the street, because all this is happening in one, one small section, is... Um, a blue underlit motorcycle with a rider on it whose eyes glow red in the darkness. The same one that was watching you in the uh, in Copper Pot Joe's earlier, you think. Okay. This is like the worst night of Baz's life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Echo, you are under a couple of cops. What do you do? What do I do? You were so uh, engrossed in how things were going to hell at the Boba Fett tea shop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved that and I wish I was there. That's okay. Can I possibly do an uh, uh, change the game kind of move to my siren song adaptation to charm person? 
Uh, no. No. <laughs> okay. That's from a different but game. <laughs> that would be a different game. Uh, but what you can do, because that would be doing using your power in a way that you haven't used it before. Yes. Is uh, to stop holding back. Oh, that's a cinematic move. Stop mm-hmm. holding back is this game's act under pressure. If you want to try to use your siren song to charm these cops to make them do what you want them to do, you're definitely going to have to stop holding back because you have not indicated that your power works that way anytime before. I have not. It's all been a force power until It's now. the attempt to create an extra power tag and or weakness. No. Okay. It's to use your power in a new and different way. Where's that at? At stop holding back. Oh, yeah. I will tell you what sacrifice this will take from you. Okay. This is, oh man, this is pretty big. I don't know. It still seems like it's probably just significant, but uh, let me see what you think. So it's not ultimate, which is uh, uh, when you let loose and, you know, it's, it's kill or be killed, life or death. It's not that. But it might be on the way to no return where you are embracing more and more or getting disturbed by your mythos enough to lose it. On no return, on a seven to nine, you would replace one theme. <gasps> oh, Wait, not just shit. flip the card, but actually replace? Right. Whoa. On a 10 plus, you would mark fade crack and burn all of the power tags on one theme. Whoa. Oh, now, do you feel like using your power as a... You know, in this way, to manipulate, to charm. Do you think that that is that powerful? I mean, is that that big of a deal? Or is it just a significant one where on a 7 to 9, you mark fade, crack, and burn all the power tags on one theme, or on a 10 plus, mark fade, crack on one theme? You know, I was just looking for input there. I mean, because I'm not entirely certain. One, I don't know how how this game is played. Uh, That's the thing (laughs) is, at this point, I want to... But I think it's a pretty big deal. So, it is. So I, yeah, is. I think I'm going to go with. I, I'm going to say no return. So this is a pretty, pretty significant uh, deal. So if you don't want to try it, you don't have to. Oh, dang! That's a lot. Yeah. You need a ten plus to essentially not, not have to. I mean, burn tags will come back, as you know, but it yeah. it will take a while. So you can feel this power welling up inside of you, but you don't have to give in to it. But do you want to? I do. Do you? That's need to? the bad thing. I I want to, but I don't need to. Hmm. Well, this is a podcast, so go with the thing that scares you the most. I guess. <laughs> Gaslands rule of carnage. <laughs> Hearing my own voice. You'll be rolling plus Logos, so you'll be rolling plus three, and so the examples, you could, for example, banish an invading horde of demons, turn back time, melt down the entire central train station, cure an incurable (laughs) disease, bring peace to a war-torn neighborhood, pierce the defenses of an unbeatable rift, become the richest man in the city overnight. That all sounded horrible. (laughs) The chances are that you will be replacing one of your themes, and I anticipate that that is going to probably trash one of your Logos themes and replace it with, 
you know, some aspect of your being a siren that is like mind control or something. I don't know if it works <laughs> and there's yeah, still if it works. A, a, a really bad if. consequence, then maybe so. If it doesn't work, that could be a big if. I need to throw a lot is, of extra power into this. You no, know, you can't. It's just plus oh, logos. That's just it. plus logos. Yep, that is all. It is plus three, and that's not bad. Okay. I am for it. Oh, I'm trying to get there, I promise. You got it. You rolled it. It's in the chat. Great success. That's a 14. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, still, though, you have to choose a theme card and mark fade or crack on it, depending on which one you choose. Wow. Whether it's Logos or... And then you have to burn all of the power tags on that until you can get them back. On the... On the theme that you select, yeah. Do you feel like when this happens that you're scared of what's happening? In which case you might mark... You might mark uh, Fade on Siren Song and then burn all of those things because you're too scared of your powers. Or do you feel like it is an embracing of your powers and therefore maybe one of your logos themes is the one that's going to take the hit? I mean, I feel like, you know, this is just me thinking that it, it, that was such a great success. It was so powerful that it might kind of, you know, en enchant Echo themselves a little bit and distance themselves from mundane life. <laughs> well, and that's kind of what I was thinking, because one of my flips for the recording technician was either a Bardic Charmer if I did positive improvement or mm. the Shunned for like a Witch Warlock move for if I lose connection with the scene. And I think this would be a plus toward the Bardic Charmer. Then yeah, I think, you know, marking crack on it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, I like it because uh, the, the identity on that is making an artist sound like superstar is your goal. But what you're doing is you're making yourself sound you're using sound for your own purposes. Mm -hmm. Going back to what I shied from many years ago. Yeah. Um, and trying to see if I have what it takes. Love that. Um, so Mark Crack on it and then burn all of the tags. Burned, burned, burned. They're left. <laughs> They're burned. Um, and I'm not the focus at this point. Look. As I, like, do, like, the head nod toward, sorry, Kelly, as I nod toward Kelly, and they all just, in that instant, like, look back over and realize that I'm not the focus of what's going on here. And they're all concerned with taking down the Kelly zombie that is currently attacking everyone. How do you do this? Do you sing? Do you... I think Give there's a tone. there there's a tone. There's like this. You Gregorian feel like this, chant. <laughs> exactly. There's like this bass undertone. Like I am not the focus. As I say, uh, just a couple of words in like a very ethereal, um, subversal uh, whispering. I'm not the one you are focusing on. And it I just have not turns... the droid you seek. Exactly. <laughs> um, and they all turn their attention back over toward the Kazombie. 
the Kelly being <laughs> the that zombie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Kelly being that has risen from what seemed like death's door and now is attacking everyone around them. I don't know if I can take an extra action if it'll take an extra roll. At that point, I would try to slip away and get back to Cadence and Baz. Yeah, that's going to be a sneak. Sneak around. Sneak. So, see if there's any tags you'd like to add. Uh, do I need to reset for that? I, I actually would say that since you uh, tapped into your mythos there, that you have, uh, that that burned away that uh, disturbed tag. You, you're not concerned about that Disturbed anymore. is gone? Disturbed is gone. Awesome. How do I remove it? <laughs> I'm still learning roll 20 everyone yeah. I promise. This is an extraordinarily interactive roll 20 character sheet. I burned my looks harmless. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else to add to this. You, you burned it's your looks be looks harmless roll. because you just like brute forced them into not noticing you. <laughs> Oops. And I'm in handcuffs, right? Uh, they were trying to handcuff you. They did not get you handcuffed. Oh, oh, oh okay. Ooh. Cadence. Yes. Because because Baz is just running down the middle of a street somewhere <laughs> holding <laughs> Andy in his arms. <laughs> you get to your car. You've seen all of this. You see, you hear something. It vibrates the windows of the Bronco in front of you as you get to the door. Mm -hmm. You get the urge in your own mind that. Uh, Kelly, the the desiccated one, is the important thing here, not not Echo. But it's it's lesser for you because it's not. Uh, it wasn't focused on you. Uh huh. And then you see, glancing back, you see all the cops that were on had piled onto Echo just stand up and draw their guns and just start toward the uh, desiccated, the new desiccated one that has risen up here. What do you do? So I I'm at. At or in the car. In the car, I think. And um, I would either flash the lights or tap the brakes a couple of times, whichever end of the car is facing Echo. Attempt to get their attention. They're not that far away from me at this point. And um, then reach across the seat and throw the door open and wait for him. Echo, you see the lights of the Bronco flash. As best I can throw off whatever shackles were placed upon me at that time. Discard them to the side, running toward the Bronco. Do your sneak around thing. Oh, sneak away time. Oh. <gasps> oh, dear. No! I got a miss. That's a five. <laughs> uh, Total. Because I had no bonuses. This is the episode of failure. <laughs> yeah, it is. Gosh. Is there anything I can do to help? It was originally called Surely Not, but I don't know. She hasn't actually uh, she hasn't actually played as big a part as I kind of thought she would in this episode. Because you guys have just... We keep breaking each other's fingers and running away. I hope you still have Andy at this point. Uh, uh, yeah, no, he's quite literally running down the middle of a road in the dark. Yeah. Through, you know, passing underneath a the the cone of a fluorescent light. And then under another one, and another one, just running <laughs> with Andy in his arm. <sighs> but I imagine Echo is, like, has, they had one handcuff on one side. They just started booking it. And with that, I left the policeman to deal with 
whatever ungodly thing had risen within Kelly, and I see a familiar light in the distance, and I'm running down the street. Handcuffs on one wrist, dangling, and just trying to find my friends. As you run up to the Bronco, there's the roar of a motorcycle engine and a desiccated one on a motorcycle, on one of those Art Deco motorcycles, underlit with blue neon, whooshes by you, Echo, grabs you, and throws you over the seat in front of them. No! Unacceptable! And starts powering down the road. Oh, I give chase! And we'll find out what happens next time on the Gothic Podcast. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel and Goblin Brook Manor LLC, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, Eric Halbert, and me, Kirsten Valerie. Our logo was designed by Jared George Art, and our theme music is by Zoe Hovland. We stay afloat thanks to you, so if you can, please support us on Patreon and follow, like, and review us on iTunes and all our social media platforms. Thanks for joining us in the dark, Sojourners. Shirley has got the and then the horns come in This is not the musical episode. <laughs>